0: This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. This is Bird Shooter. Welcome to episode number 41. Tonight we're going to take a break from our typical interview format because Trail Days is coming up. And has been for many years the largest annual festival celebrating the Appalachian Trail. It uh, takes place in May each year right on the AT in the town of Damascus, Virginia. And this year the 31st annual Trail Days is scheduled for Friday, May 19th through Sunday, May 21st. I've uh, attended Trail Days a number of times, and if you haven't been before, and you're passionate about the trail, or about long distance hiking in general, um, I highly encourage you to check it out. As uh, many of you know, I hiked the AT in 94, and had a chance to experience Trail Days that year, and returned in 95, as many do, to uh, see some friends that had scattered across the country after their hike. Uh, That year I took a cassette tape recorder to Trail Days and had a chance to interview many of the thru-hikers I spent time with the previous year. All were northbound, all completed the trail, and uh, if you've ever been curious what the AT was like as a thru-hiker 20 plus years ago, give this a listen. Most uh, recordings were made at trail days on May 13th, 1995. We talk about animal encounters, the uh, Virginia Blues, hitchhiking, great experiences on the AT, and uh, about how the trails just change us in general. Yes, there are seven to ten times the number of through hikers on the AT today, uh, but the overall experience really remains the same. And you'll hear that, I think, in these uh, interviews. So listen in and hear more from the through hikers, Trail Days 1995.
1: Yes, we hiked the approach trail. We got. Uh Laughingbird's parents to drive us up above the waterfall and drop us off. And then they took pictures of us every 10 feet as we disappeared into the woods. And uh, Barbara Barbara took off ahead of me and left me in the dust. And I finally had to put the Walkman on to get up enough energy to finish to get to Springer.
2: What I remember about Georgia, Georgia was the beginning Georgia was rough. Uh, When I started, I was very sore. But as soon as I met people and got into the flow, it was heaven.
3: My first day on the trail was rain. And I remember that day because it was was about 50 degrees, and it rained all day long. We got the the first shelter, Hawk Mountain Shelter, that night. And uh, I learned a very valuable lesson that night. We took our boots off, everything was soaking wet, and I hung them up on the back of the shelter and proceeded to go to sleep. And the next morning, we woke up, it was about 20 degrees, and my boots were frozen solid. So the whole next day, I spent, I guess it was lunchtime before my boots even thawed out. So that was quite an experience. After that, my boots went in my bag with me at night, so they'd be warm the next morning. (laughs) What I remember about Georgia is
1: that my feet hurt and I had blisters—not as bad as Kung Fu Rob's, but pretty bad, breaking in the new boots—and that I had to get rid of weight, but every time we looked at our pack, we couldn't decide what to send home.
4: (laughs) Tell him, Di. Blueberry Patch—the first time we hitchhiked.
5: They went by uh, like a steak truck, and I was scared to death. Bob made me stick out my thumb.
4: <laughs> and they pulled right over.
5: Yeah. And then I thought they weren't driving us to where we wanted to drive because it took too long.
4: Yeah, she was getting scared. So I looked up I looked up in the speedometer. They were only going like 25 miles an hour, right? I said, well, they're only going 25. You know, it's going to take a little longer. Then we hitched like two more times that night <laughs> in the town and out of town. Oh, Diane got great at it.
2: (laughs) Wake up, fry up the old stove, get your gear together and start walking. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to the next town, food always on the mind, you know, uh, typical trail day. No, no no two are the same, I'll tell you that. But they did run together.
3: Favorite, the favorite shelter for me and the, way, the favorite way for me to sleep at night along the trail depended on the weather, the insects, and the crowd and my mood. It, a lot of times I could stay in a shelter, but a lot of nights I had to stay in a tent. And it just depended on how I felt. If I wanted a little time to myself, I like to be in my tent. I tended to sleep better in my tent at night because I didn't have the distractions of the shelter. Someone getting up and rustling around, you know, to use the bathroom or do this or do that. Where when I, in a shelter a lot of nights I wouldn't sleep really sound. But in my tent, I could zip my tent up and I was out. So I I tended to, I prefer using a tent, but you have the drawback of carrying it. You know, And I I hiked part of the trail without a tent. And I spent some nights out in the rain, (laughs) wrapped up in a plastic sheet. But that's part of the
6: experience. It strikes me about George is just the major start of it and all the pain that was involved. Had tried pre-hiking it and some of it and doing some uh, exercises, trying to get ready. But no matter how you're prepared, it just was nothing like the beginning of the trail. A lot of leg pain, a lot of blisters. And after that, was over. The most thing I remember is just before coming out of Georgia was meeting a mother bear and three cubs down in a ravine. Most the amazing sight I'd seen in the beginning.
4: No know more about Georgia? Straight up, straight down. Straight back up, straight back down.
5: And then right back
4: up again and straight back down.
5: And our knees are swollen and sore.
6: changed my attitude about myself because it was really the first thing in my life I had sat down and completed from one end to the other. And what was amazing to me, I never once along the trail thought I was going to quit. I knew I'd have to slow down and take it easy at certain points, but quitting was never in my mind. I knew I had to go all the way and wanted to go all the way. thing that changed my impression about other people was just how really, really nice Everybody on the trail was, and all the people in the trail towns were. It just renewed my faith in the human spirit. They were just so giving of themselves. It, uh, the nastiness and the stuff I'd seen in the towns for years before I hit the trail, just all diminished with the people I met through the trail.
5: Well, hitchhiking, My very first, the very first time I hitchhiked, and actually it was the first time I'd ever hitchhiked in my life, was uh, going into uh, shoot, was the Blueberry Patch. And uh, we sat out there for, like, must have been an hour, two hours, which I thought was a horrendously long time. And people were like, oh, my God, we can be out here all day. That was the first time I hitchhiked. I absolutely loved it. This guy picked us up in his brand-new truck, and he was just showing off his truck. And we're, like, through, you know, dirty through-hikers throwing our stuff in, and we made a mess of the place, but he was really cool. I mean, the, the hike, the hitch was great. So then I started to like it, <laughs> and I thought maybe this was sort of a great way of getting around. <laughs> so I didn't do it too, too much. Um, I did a, I'm trying to think of some exact, I probably did it once every state. It would be a good, good guesstimate. I liked it.
7: <laughs> it. It's, you know, hitchhiking is something that I, I'm, I'm very comfortable with. Just doing it, um, especially down south, it's very easy. The people are friendly. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a new experience for people that have never done it before. It's it's definitely tough to get that thumb stuck out there on the road. You feel a little awkward doing it, but it's uh, it's great. Uh, you know the people are friendly. They they do they go out of their way sometimes to help you out. Hitchhiking is kind of uh, it's it's almost a, a way of life on the trail, unless you want to walk into a town, which may be. Uh, 5, 10, or maybe even 15 miles away, uh, you know, you, you've hiked all day. There's no way that you're going to walk into a town. When you can, you're on a road, it's just very easy to hitchhike in. It. And I feel it's very safe. Um, you know, it may not be, in all cases, a good thing for, for you to do solo. But, you know, you can usually set up and hitch into a town to get it to be done with someone else.
6: Uh, the m- best thing I learned about the hike was how my body could change from beginning, into beginning to end. I started out what I thought was in good shape, and through the hike from beginning to end, I lost 58 pounds along the way, and my body took everything in stride. Uh, whatever hill I wanted to climb towards the final two-thirds of the hike, I had no problem climbing over. Whatever uh, precipice I had to struggle up and make my way to the top, I had no trouble struggling up and making my way to the top. I was just amazed at the the physical challenges I could undertake at that point in the trail.
7: I guess I'm not quite sure the statistic reason why. Um, I think that the people that I saw that quit, um, a lot of it came. you know, some was a, a monetary problem, some people were really, you know, kind of running out of money. Um, People just lost their enthusiasm for it. I mean, it is a tough trail. It really is. It's a tough, long trail. And you have everything from torrential downpours to sweltering hot days in the summer to rocks in Pennsylvania. And, you know, it takes a wear and tear on your um, physical and mental state. And I think uh, it's, you know, after you get over the physical, then you have the mental battle to go. And that's tough. And it's, it's a long, long trail.
6: Uh, if I were to hike the trail again, I would by far take more time. I may split it up into a couple different years. Uh, I was a purist the first time, kicking those white blazes, sticking to the trail, and spending little time, if any, in the trail towns, but I would spend more time in the trail towns, meeting more of the people that were so nice along the way. I wouldn't be in such of a rush, even though I finished up late in took my time towards the end. I wished I had done that all the way through and I would by far take more pictures than I took to document my travels.
8: I think that it's an accurate figure that one in ten people don't, you know, finish the trail. Um, I don't know why so few people finish. I guess it's just a matter of, you know, if it's right for you and if you're determined enough to get it.
7: Hmm. Well, I think there's really no favorite season simply because the the whole trail is, I mean, you, you go through all the seasons, um, and there's good and bad about every one. I mean, uh, I remember the first time I was sitting at... Uh, It, what's the name of the gap? That's right outside of Neal's Gap. that's not Gap. Tassinati Gap, I think I was at. And just uh, that's the first day that I... And we woke up at at Neal's Gap, and it was uh, just really foggy, and it was ice, kind of ice coming down, and just really misty rain, and just nasty weather. And by the time we got to Tassinati Gap, it was, we sat there, and it was just beautiful. And it was, so that was only the fourth or fifth day out, and it was just beautiful weather there. And I think that's when... Started seeing bugs and stuff kind of crawling around. And that was kind of the, the first day that I realized that we're we we're, we're really walking with spring. I mean, every day uh, you're seeing a little bit more of spring. And by the time we got to Fontana Dam, it was just I mean, spring was everywhere. It was I mean, you could start seeing flowers, and it was just you know the greenery was coming out and stuff. In Georgia, on Springer Mountain, was just windy and cold and uh, desolate and kind of almost depressing. I can almost never. I can never see how I could finish on Springer Mountain. Uh, forever North, baby.
3: But as far as a typical day, there is no typical day on the trail for me, because the trail you can, the trail can be whatever you want it to be. And if you're a very regimented person, and there's nothing wrong with that, and you get up and say I'm gonna do this today, this tomorrow, and that, then you can do that. And it can be very organized, or I'm very impulsive, so I could get up and sail and do this today, and I could end up in town before the day's done. You know, taking a break. So it just depends on um, the group. And some groups were different. Some groups were more, a little more organized, and they tend to stick to what the plans they have made. Other groups were very impulsive, and very spontaneous, and somebody would have a wild idea and go do it. You no, know, you'd find a place along the trail you wanted to just take a break, and before you knew it, that ended up being campsite. Could you stop? You took a break. There was a swimming hole or something? You never left.
5: I love Tennessee, North Carolina. I really enjoyed the Smokies. They're by far one of my favorite sections of the trail. Um, I had absolutely perfect weather. Um, I've, I've never been down there before, and according to people, um, I guess the way they got the Smokies is you can't really see usually. There's lots of fog and whatnot down there. I had absolutely stunning, crystal clear weather. all I was there for seven days. All beautiful. Seven days. It was great. It was the longest stretch that I had been out. You know, between rail drops, so it was sort of the my first real wilderness experience. I really enjoyed it. It's a great time.
6: Really pretty area coming down the state line between t- Tennessee and North Carolina. Just real beautiful, all kinds of streams and wild places. Uh, the first thing that struck me about North Carolina was right at the Georgia North Carolina line. A couple real heavy. Stiff climbs—it's like slap in the face. Uh, welcome to North Carolina. Then after that, it was just beautiful. A lot of wildlife, and everything was real pretty.
4: Just the mountains were so big in North Carolina, Tennessee. I never thought they were that high.
1: We never thought any of them were that.
4: No, high. God, we thought the whole trail was flat. When we looked at the profile maps, we said, oh, we've been out west, you know, we climbed 8,000 feet. These are only like 2,000. We didn't know there was 10 of them a day.
8: (laughs) Tennessee and North Carolina is a little bit rugged and uh, a good challenge. And the funny thing was I would describe Tennessee and North Carolina. I wouldn't know when I called home to tell my parents where I was. (laughs) What's the I was
1: in? <laughs> That's a good answer. because uh, we had the... We night hiked in the Van Venner shelter and the whippoorwill up there landed in the trees like right in front of the shelter, wouldn't go away and I was pegging rocks at him from inside the shelter. <laughs> I was freezing my butt off, and uh, I kept having to crawl out of the bag and feel around on the ground, looking for a big enough rock, and I finally found a good one, and I must have scared him because he flew away.
3: Awesome bear. It was neat neat to see a bear. I saw a bear. I had five different um, experiences this summer with meeting bears, and it was always, you always get that anxiety. And I don't mean in a bad way because you're just, you don't expect it. And you're just, say, a lot of times, one, I remember one morning I got up and I was walking. You know, I was in Maine. I was just walking along. I was in my own little world, you know, doing personal inventory. I used to call it just thinking about things. And I walk around the corner and there's these three bears standing, you know. It's just, that's an incredible experience. Because that's not something that we tend to see in everyday life. You know, I see deer. I see mice. I see squirrels. I see snakes. But bear, no, that's a totally different experience. This memory of, of North Carolina and Tennessee would have to be, oh, it's so much there. Uh, the Smokies, I've, I enjoyed hiking through the Smoky, the Great Smokies National Park. That was beautiful. Some of the scenery there reminded me of, I've been out to New Mexico and done some hiking, and some parts in the northern part of the park, where you really got away from um, Clingman's Dome, up towards um, Interstate 40. I felt like I was alone. I was doing some hiking by myself then, and I really enjoyed that. Elsewhere in North Carolina and Tennessee, uh, what else did I enjoy? Hiked oh, so much in those states. I enjoyed Roan Mountain. I enjoyed Roan. I hiked up. I did I was not hiking with anyone that day when I went up Roan, and I just spent the whole day up top. I got up about lunchtime. I hiked down to the south end. I spent the whole day on the mountain. It was just great. Uh, North Carolina was more populated than I expected it to be. There's a lot of wilderness there and a lot of national forests, but there's a lot, of, a lot of people in North Carolina. Compared to Georgia, Georgia seemed more remote to me. But both of them are beautiful states.
5: My favorite trail town, I really had a great time in Damascus. Of course, I walked in there on uh, Friday, the the second day of Trail Days. And I actually, I mean, I walked in to parties. I mean, there were, I walked down the the hill and there were people screaming and there was a big fair going on. And we stayed there um, for, I guess, about three or four days. So it was definitely uh, one of the best times.
6: when you think back I liked all the green just the I liked going by all the farmhouses that was really mean. seeing the cows having the cows watch
1: you and move out of your way and <laughs> yeah they were fun I think of that as Virginia ok alright I think of Virginia one thing I have to I have to interject a small sour note blow down city oh I'll just, Whole huge sections of trail, doing the serpentine dodge-the-stick thing, getting your pack practically ripped off your back, getting your eyeballs knocked out of your head. Good experience. It was good. Uh, It was good. It's a manly thing.
3: About Virginia compared to some of the states to the south, I'm from Virginia, so I have already done a lot of hiking in Virginia. Places like Mount Rogers National Recreation Area, it's very special to me. I go there. In fact, I just went last week and did some day hiking. It's there's no other place in, in Virginia like that. And but other than that, Virginia to me felt like home because I'd spent a lot of times in the a lot of time in the mountains in Virginia, like in Shenandoah National Park and, and south of there. I remember the heat in Virginia. It was it was warm. It was warm in Virginia, the whole state. Uh, I I'm a kind of person. I like I don't like the heat personally i mean i can deal with it so it was i was having a lot of motivational problems and i'll be honest with you i wasn't going to leave the trail but i was not enjoying the trail and a lot of that was because of the heat it became um a lot of the days became like work because i knew i had to deal with that heat factor in the middle of the day in fact i can remember some days that bird shooter and i would get up at four thirty and 5 in the morning and you know skip breakfast and just hike till about 9 or 10 just to 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 rest in the middle of the day to try to escape the heat but virginia i tell you what i do remember it started virginia was a for me, my experience on the trail, socially, I I was with a group of people then that we were really doing a lot together. There was a lot of partying going on. Uh, it was a big group that went into Rusty's. You know, it was a big group in Petersburg. I mean, Parisburg And it was a social scene for me, Virginia was, compared to, the, so, like, Vermont, New Hampshire, which was a lot more personal time.
6: They as I progressed up the trail they changed from time to time tickable trail day in the beginning was kinda cold so you wanted to keep moving real short lunches real short breaks keep moving so you could keep warm then in Virginia there was a change you had to get out early in the morning knock off in the middle of the day because it was so hot and you I got caught in thunderstorms in mid-afternoon I would be in a shelter wait those out and then I continue on to the next campsite or shelter And then towards the end, it was just grappling, just trying to make as many miles as you could because the terrain was so tough and you just couldn't do those 15, 20 mile, 25 mile days like you did earlier on the trail.
3: As far as the Virginia Blues go, I think I had, I had, I would say I had a case of the Virginia Blues and I think a lot of it comes from, you're at a point in this journey where you're really into it. You've been out on the trail, say, for some people a month, some people a month and a half at this point, maybe, well, even two months, going on two or three months. And your motivational factor, I think, and this is not true for everyone, but for some people, it, the, the trip has lost its newness at a point, you know. It's not, you're, re- you're really into this trip now, and it's not, you've got to find the deeper meanings for why you're out there hiking. Because, to be honest with you, some days you'd like to get up and not hike today. It becomes like a job. You have to get up and you have, to make a, you have to make a certain distance today. You know, you've got to do these certain things. And after a while, some of that can start to become a chore if you're not careful and don't have the right mental attitude. And I think I, in Virginia, I started to question, especially with the heat, you know, am I really enjoying this? You know, this is more like work. But you have to, for me, I had to look at it in the, the bigger picture and understand it was part of the journey. You know, this is the lows. You, you, when you climb up on top of the mountain, and the clouds are in the valleys, you know, and the, the, sun's, uh, the sun's just cascading down the sides of the ridges with shadows and everything, you feel like a, a million bucks. You know, nothing, nothing can surpass that feeling, but you, nothing's for free in this world. So in order to experience those experiences, you have to pay, and for me, Virginia was a lot of pay.
8: Yeah, my hike changed my attitude about myself and other people, about myself because I know I don't have to be a perfectionist anymore, and about others just because I uh, j- can't judge a book by its cover.
6: I think the Virginia Blues are way out of proportion. What you have to do is go through the Shenandoahs right. Got to stop at every wayside and. Eat every dessert, blueberry dessert possible, and uh, I had a great time. Carry
1: Where's your it? carry your food bag all the way through without eating any food.
6: Yeah, well, you know there's <laughs> that side of it too. Well, I never got the blues. How I many Rusties is there? How can you get the blues in Virginia? That's no, a myth, huge myth.
5: Um, the Virginia blues. I uh, I didn't really experience the Virginia Blues. I mean, I had a good time in Virginia. It was it was great weather. We had a it was hot. It was nice spring type you know atmosphere or whatever. Uh, I had a good time. The crowds were starting to thin out, so it wasn't like you were constantly running into people. But when I hit um, after I had done like half the Shenandoahs, it just got a little boring. But still, you know, we had great weather. Um, I had a friend's parents come down, and so we sort of we base camped at one of the base camps in the Shenandoah and we sort of did a lot of day hikes so that sort of broke up the monotony a bit um, I did get the Virginia Blues in New Jersey <laughs> so I'm a little familiar with the attitude New but
3: <laughs> a lot of times you can tell a through hiker just by looking at them they have a certain look about them and a certain way of just dealing with the woods. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's one of those things that are instinctive. You, you come to notice it. They are usually have a real unkept look about them. You know, the guys will have have a beard. You know, the girls will have hairy legs. And the, Where a day hiker, a lot of times, you can tell they look fresh. They look like they're going to work, you know. Where through hikers are just a motley-looking group. And they're real loose hikers you can tell a group of through hikers because they're so close and loose and the way they talk and interact with each other. I don't know, I'm having a hard time.
2: 36 miles of Maryland were good. I remember it rained in Maryland. Me and uh, the Wisconsin brothers were together. And Job Turkey had a rough night at the uh, Harpers Ferry campground. (laughs) Uh, We won't go into that. But yeah, that's the last time I saw the weight in uh, Black Sunshine. Pennsylvania was incredible. Me and uh, Porta Can Dan hiked 78 miles in two days, which was tough on the feet. But yeah, we started out in Port Clinton and uh, rented a car and drove to uh, Delaware Water Gap and uh, did an did a overnight slack pack type thing. It was pretty cool.
6: Pennsylvania I found every worry that I had about the rocks came true I just it was strange because I felt like I was just barely creeping to keep my feet not injure my feet on those sharp rocks but I still continued to punch out some 10 12 15 mile days I don't know how I did it because I was very aware of all the rocks and all the snakes but it turned out to be great turned out to be fine favorite state was Pennsylvania. The rocks just tore me up. I wasted two pairs of boots going through Pennsylvania and I had thunderstorms every afternoon it seemed like. I'm sure I got through some days without any rain, but I can't recall any. It was just real nasty and tough going.
4: It was hot. Maryland was hot. That's when we left Harpers Ferry.
5: Pennsylvania was rocks. All those small rocks eating away at your feet. Mm-hmm.
4: Pennsylvania was pretty boring. Lots of snakes, rocks, and boring.
9: <laughs> That's definitely been the theme of Pennsylvania. We did
4: like we did we did maximum mileage in Pennsylvania. That's but but in Pennsylvania dies folks showed up. Took us three days to the holiday inn. We had like a, a connected rooms, so they mom brought a ham, yeah. a carrot cake. We went to Hershey Park, rode the roller coasters, it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then they picked us up at the uh, at the Doyle Hotel, so I showed Ronnie where I was, uh, how I was taking care of his daughter. <laughs> yeah, shacking up the Doyle. Oh yeah. Good story. We went to Hershey Park. Diane and I, we got discount tickets for Hershey Park for the cost of Hershey Park for one day, we could have stayed at the Doyle for three days and had ten beers.
5: <laughs> oh, I wasn't real, I wasn't real, real fond of uh, Pennsylvania, because as everyone says, the rocks. And those, you know, we were there in the heat of the summer, and uh, just got really mundane, jumping from rock to rock, and there were snakes everywhere, and I just hate snakes, and. Um, that I was definitely trying to find a way out of that situation. It was hot. It was a really hot summer in Pennsylvania. New, well,
4: New Jersey was the, um, the Apple Valley Bed and Breakfast. It's awesome. It was so freaking hot. We got there with Fess and the... Um, Fess. Yeah, he was with us in the. We got there with Fess and the Blind Mice Expedition, and we jumped in the built-in pool, and the owners were gone. Yeah. And they fed us roast beef, and and like we eat we had like three or four dozen ears of corn, all the corn we could possibly eat.
8: It was an excellent meal, excellent room. Forty
4: bucks, all we could eat for breakfast and dinner, a built-in pool, and it rained so hard that night. We were sitting there eating dinner, and it was raining harder than it rained in the entire trip, and we were inside.
9: <laughs> Mid-Atlantic states, including Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, for that matter. Um, or finally, when you're picking up, and that's when all like the jokes you know, would come in, I mean, basically, you've hiked. Twelve weeks, and you've only been through three, four states. More than that, I mean, excuse me, like probably fourteen, fifteen weeks. Basically, you're up, you're over a third of the way there. You've only gone through four states, and that's being. Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia, because Virginia is so long. But then you start knocking the states out, left and right. West Virginia, three miles, Maryland, 40 miles, Pennsylvania was long, but then New York, New Jersey, bam, bam, Connecticut. And then you, you, you see little, little thought-provoking uh, entries in the registers and at the road crossings, like eight down, six to go, you know, those type of things where you truly realize that you're actually making progress so that's something constructive about the mid-atlantic states also you know and in a truly truly raw interview where you want me to be really honest yeah i mean that was probably the mediocre portion of the trip because you're you're going through not such a remote and scenic area and um but to be honest there are some places within that portion that are just truly remarkable one being sunfish pond you know when you when you're standing on the edge of that pond you could be in South Dakota, but no, you're in the suburbs of New York City, in New Jersey. So, um, mid-Atlantic states, you know, had, had their ups and downs.
7: I have to hike the rest of this, what I just did again. is what I, I think that everybody probably uh, thought that. I mean, you hit that halfway point, and you're just like, yes, I'm here. And it and the, and you think back that that night I lay there in my sleeping bag thinking man all that I just went through I've got to do it again it's unbelievable I, it's almost to the point where you don't even think you can do it <laughs> you don't think that you can do it again I mean you made it that far it's like hey this is pretty that's pretty good but I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can keep going.
6: surprised me I kind of liked it, it was we saw the most wildlife in New Jersey yep. of any state
1: yeah that was Believe the day we not. had we had the we saw
6: bear sightings and we saw the bears
1: chasing turkey the turkeys and, that day and, and we had our camera out it was on the very last picture and we're like desperately trying to get the picture and the film's rewinding and then the bears looking beautiful. at us like you messed up my lunch so you can be lunch <laughs> yeah, Barbara's standing there grab my arm what do we do what do we do what do we do
5: know what the deal was um as far as i had passed the halfway point um so i sort of had this elation period i'd passed the halfway point i was really really psyched i thought i'd really you know i was accomplishing this great goal and then i'm like oh my gosh another thousand miles uh so i sort of got a little depressed and that was right around new jersey new jersey new york um and I just wasn't having a real good time. I did a lot of slack packing in that area. I had friends that lived in New Jersey, and so they were sort of taking us back and forth. And, and that probably ruined it a little for me because I was, in, I was in New York City a lot of the time. And then I'd throw on my pack in the morning and do slack packing and then hop back into the city at night. And it just, the, the two weren't messing at all. So that, that was tough. Once I got past New York and New Jersey, I, I got into New England and really, yeah, I sort of got re-excited really about it.
4: Oh, yeah, we were, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we had a yellow. Yeah, those old ladies wanted to give us, he's, I'll take the ride if you guys are going. I said, let's just walk. So then we finally get to the road and we blue blaze. We see this restaurant. We, we walk down to this restaurant right near Fonstock Lake. And we walk, oh, no, the RPH cabin. We walk down to this restaurant and it's closed. The woman says, hey, we're closed tonight. We said, well, you got to have some leftovers in the refrigerator. So, no, no, we don't. You got to have something you can feed us, you know. No, no, we're closed. You guys really got to go, you know. So we left. We go down the road, and here come two people in a pickup truck. Hey, we're going to town. Do you guys want anything? Yeah, bring us some ice cream. So, they brought ice cream back for everybody.
6: That's right. That was awesome.
4: Yeah. Like
5: (laughs) a twenty. But we didn't think
4: you were ever ever coming back. You know you're gonna get
6: that twenty back. (laughs) No, we
2: didn't. (laughs) Just be neighborly. it did pay off, hey, yeah. yeah.
4: They brought us back, uh, Ben and Jerry's, and then they brought ice cream bars back for everybody else.
6: Yeah. Cool. New Jersey, New York, for me, were the deli states. I just had the best time going from deli to deli. It was like a deli a day along the way, and the only thing to do was compare them, which was the best. They were all good. Deli sandwich and Ben and Jerry's. I couldn't get enough of it.
5: (laughs) Connecticut and Mass. I really, I really had a good time in New England, and uh, I sort of had those. I had had some sort of New Jersey type blues. Uh, So once I hit Connecticut, I I hiked a while by myself. Uh, In fact, I hiked into Kent all by myself and i just had a great time we had again beautiful weather uh it was just nice to really sort of concentrate on what i was doing and just be quiet for a while and i I mean i just absolutely i love new england i had a great time um and and connecticut and mass are short so you know you start a state and after spending a great deal of time like say in virginia then you go through these little bleep states you know you spend three days and you're out and it was just you felt like you were really starting to to get something accomplished and, and you start the state and then it'd be over and, and two days later and I just felt like I was starting to roll again I really, really had to enjoy it. Good time.
8: What I remember about Connecticut and Massachusetts are that it was freezing one night and it was just the first time it had been cold since the South and so that was my favorite part, was the break in the weather, finally.
4: I It was pretty cool when our best trail experience, when we went into Dalton. We had all these plans, and we went to Dalton, Massachusetts. We were going to go to the laundromat, then the bakery, then to take a shower, then hike to Cheshire, get our mail, and stay in the church. We got in there, and everything changed. We ended up at a bed and breakfast, and the woman gave us her car, and we drove around all day long. Yeah, we had a great time. But I don't know if that was our best trail experience.
9: Wow. Connecticut and Massachusetts, uh... Connecticut. I think about this uh, one little uh, package store in Cornwall, British Connecticut. That'll, that'll give you a free oil can of Foster's Lager because you made it that far. <laughs> the guy is incredibly nice towards through hikers uh, and just people in general. He he's, he lives. You know, he's used to Michael J. Fox and Whoopi Goldberg cruising in and buying a six pack on their way home, and uh, and and then. Then Massachusetts, to be honest, it rained six out of the seven or eight days that we were in Massachusetts. Uh, the weather cleared up right when we climbed Graymoor, right before we went into the Vermont, right before we crossed the Vermont border. Um, so Massachusetts is, to me, I mean, one of my least favorite states. We had some horrible weather, and we didn't really get to appreciate the terrain and the scenery.
4: Well, in Massachusetts, we stayed at Mount Greylock, and we did the uh, we did the working routine, and for dinner, that was cool.
9: up there last week, but it doesn't open up till like late May.
4: snow. That's where we first ran into Flapper again after we'd rocked his pack, because I was leaving Flapper. I rocked Flapper's pack in bear mountain and we left. We walked away from that pack. I had taken out everything in his pack and put the rocks in the very bottom. Two big stones. It was like 15 or 20 pounds. And he said when he got his pack, he picked it up and said, Someone rock my pack. And he went through it and he couldn't find it. He didn't unload it enough. And so I started leaving cryptic messages like, How's the rocks in your pack? You know, all kinds of things, not saying my name for like hundreds of miles. And we ran into Flapper and he'd skipped that whole section. We ran into him at Greylock. So he didn't, he never got any of the messages. So I had to tell him and then he chased me around and gave me noogies and stuff. <laughs>
8: What I remember about Vermont and New Hampshire is it, it was really bad weather. It was wet most of the time, but it was starting to get more rugged again, and uh, it was a greater challenge than the trail had been before.
9: We come to Rutland, and the day before Rutland, we meet this man named Dick Mossy, who's a retired veteran. Who takes us into? He meets us, says, "Give us a call when we get to this, 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 to Killington, to to um, to Sherburne Pass." And uh, he blows his mind that that's 18 miles away, and that we're going to be there the next day. He thinks that that is so far away, and we try to tell him that there's other people through hiking, like, and he's just a true, true person, he's, oh, nobody's doing what you're doing, you two, you know, he, he thought we were the only people doing it, we're like, you know, there's about a hundred other people doing it, you know, and I do this each year, It's probably about 200 people, and he's like, oh, no, no one does what you two are doing, you know, just truly really blew his mind so that he picked us up when we got to Sherburne Pass and took us into the city of Rutland, Vermont, and t- and took us to the Vermont State Fair. It was Labor Day weekend, and there we are in a small town fair, like I had always wanted to be to. It's like anything you've ever seen in a movie with with you know the country fair, and there we are just living it up at the Vermont Fair. Man, this guy cooked us steaks. He paid for every ride, made us go on every ride, and uh, and just hang out. And uh, and Dick Mossy is has had an imprint on us the rest of
5: the way. Vermont, New Hampshire. I did a lot. Of, I don't know why. Those two states, for some reason, I did a lot of side trail things. You know, I, I stopped off at, at, at uh, Bromley and did a, the alpine slide for a day. And I just wasn't in, in a, an extreme hurry to get anywhere. I didn't have, oh, you know, my, I didn't have any desire to get done. All of a sudden, things started hitting me. Oh, my gosh, I only have a month left well, okay, let's take a day off here. And so I'd hang out, you know, Killington at the inn, I hung out a little bit there, and I just did a lot more relaxed, hanging out type
6: things. (laughs) I'd love to find out. Yeah, my, my favorite state by far was New Hampshire. Mount Washington and the Whites. It was great. My experience through the AMC huts was fantastic. I could do work for my stay, got all the food I wanted to eat, and all I had to do was fold a few blankets and sweep the floor. It was fantastic. All those guys and the crews were so great. I'll definitely be back and visit them again.
4: no idea what I said. Okay. Shays. Shays Tavern. No, but our worst day on the trail was Franconia Ridge.
5: Yeah.
7: Franconia Ridge.
4: Franconia Ridge. That's where Pauly came. 60 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Diane sprains her ankle. We get to the we get to the shelter after dark in a pouring rain, trying to set up our trying to set up our non freestanding tent on a tent platform.
8: Two of our non French.
4: Yeah, they didn't fit. It sucked. We slept in a puddle of water. We didn't eat any dinner. We just went to sleep. It was We were soaking wet. Our sleeping bags were wet. Our tent was soaking wet inside. We didn't eat any dinner. We had some of those... Uh, Mom sent some of those uh, those magic bars. We ate those and went to sleep. Got up in the morning and went back to the Loon Mountain Hostel directly.
7: <laughs> the most interesting wildlife experience I probably had was uh, uh, waking up one morning in, in Maine and having a... Uh, a, uh, a moose, which kind of trapped me in the privy, you know, it was standing about 20 feet away. And then once I had cracked the door and uh, he heard me, he kind of came over closer towards me and it was a rut going on at the time. So I kind of got a little worried, but he went on down the hill and uh, carried on out of the business.
5: I had, I've told countless people that my trip was pretty much charmed i mean every day was a pretty good day i mean i didn't have any i never thought that uh oh my god i hate this i really want to go home i didn't have many of those days i had uh just off the top of my head one particular day in the 100 mile wilderness i made it to a feed-a-thon through hyper a thon and you know we were out in the middle of the wilderness and and i was counting my snack food. I was like, all right, you have breakfast, which I had all set up, but then for snacks, I had to make sure, I had to ration everything. And it was just the worst feeling in the world. I had 10 days out there, and here I was, I could have a half a trail bar, you know, I had to save the next half for the next hour or something. And I run into this feed-a-thon, and there was just food everywhere. And it was totally unexpected, and it was out in the middle and nowhere. The people that, that sponsored it had rode in, they, they canoed in all the food, and they had beers and wine, so that sort of topped off the whole experience. That
6: was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. The of Maine was by far the best impression I got. Uh, I love the hundred mile wilderness. Starting out, I did see a lot of people, but when I got into places like Namakanta Lake and that part of the wilderness, it was just so pristine and so beautiful. Uh, it was excellent.
5: My favorite season on the trail would definitely be fall. You know, the the last part, hiking uh, New Jersey, Maine area. Now, I don't know if that's because by that time I was sort of a seasoned hiker. You know, in the spring, I was an inexperienced hiker. So not only, I mean, I was dealing with the weather, and not only doing on top of that, I had to deal with the fact that my boots were too small, my pack didn't fit right, I didn't have the right clothes. You know, so I was dealing with all sorts of extraneous things going on by the fall i mean i had everything down pat i had a new pack i had new boots um i knew what i was doing i knew how far i could hike you know i fooled around during the day and, and rushed at the evening and i mean i love the fall i love the fall in the spring because they're sort of uh i mean they're sort of unique seasons but definitely on the trail the fall was my favorite
8: Maine was my favorite state because I saw a lot of things that I hadn't seen before. Um, I'd never seen a moose, and I never saw land with a lot of different lakes. You know, it was just beautiful, and I saw the northern lights and things that I wanted to see that I hadn't seen before. It's really made it my favorite.
7: Well, Maine was pretty intense, and... Uh the Hundred Mile Wilderness was was super intense for me. That was probably the definite definite highlight of my entire hike. Um, the White Mountains and uh, and the Hundred Mile Wilderness. Um, I don't know. I think after getting up on top of Katahdin, and uh, I just did, I didn't know where to go from there. I think that I'd, I thought when I started in Georgia that I was heading to Katahdin, and I had all this time to think about it. And I think after reaching Katahdin, I, I knew there was no more white blazes to follow. I really didn't know what, uh, where I was going to go. I was more at peace with uh, myself and what was going on. But I didn't, I still, I didn't really know what, was, I didn't know what to do.
3: Some of the mountains in Maine to me were very moving personally. I did a lot of my hiking in Maine. While I was with the group with two or three other people, we didn't hike together during the day. So, um, like, uh, Bald Plate, people that are through hike remember Bald Plate and Goose Knob or Goose Eye, south of the Bigelow's, and the Mahoosix, those those it was very tough hiking, but I enjoyed that thoroughly, and it was a good time for me personally on the trail.
5: Man, well, of course, the Hunter by wilderness, um, the 100 mile wilderness in maine was definitely one of my favorite sections i don't know you know looking at all the factors that would contribute to that uh the fact that it was the last 10 days i did stretch it out you know i could have made it in eight uh, like some friends of mine did but i'm like oh my gosh no i got uh, we, we i started the wilderness on the first of october and I, I got to katahdin on the 10th and uh, they were just beautiful days we had beautiful weather um the hiking was just phenomenal i don't it was easy you know it was nice and flat and the weather the fall weather was stunning i saw a bunch of wildlife and it was just a nice quiet relaxing time to be out there
4: maine maine was our favorite state.
5: definitely
4: it was it was the most remote
5: most, most seen it. The nicest trees, the loons, the ponds, the
4: scenery. The trees.
0: I thought ballplay was
4: incredible. I love that. They were, it was, Maine was just, Maine was just
0: us. And,
4: and the people in Maine, like the locals and stuff were, they were, we, we got out of the New York Eastern Seaboard people. We got back to like, like, howdy, how you doing, you know? They they really like they were they really took an interest in you. It wasn't like they were just taking your money from you when you went to town. Uh, and you know, not that people were mean to us, they just weren't like they were down south. And then when we got to Maine, you know, Shaw's and uh, the uh, Widow's Walk and Andover Arms. I mean, we did every bed and breakfast on the trail. I don't think we missed a bed and breakfast.
8: Not on purpose. Not
4: on purpose. No.
5: Uh, when I finally reached the top of Katahdin, um, that was that was probably what was going through my mind. Oh my gosh, I finally <laughs> reached the top of Katahdin. Um, I was excited to be up there, but I was, I was definitely, uh, I was ready to be up there. I was ready for it to be, you know, to be moving on to the next thing. You know, after spending six months out there thinking about this moment, it was freezing cold up there. <laughs> so we got up there and uh, we did the picture thing and looked around and marveled at it and, you know, realize what a phenomenon it was and hiked back down.
4: What do we miss about the trail?
5: Social <laughs> aspect of it.
4: Well, now, now we come home from work at night and we sit around and watch television. Yeah, do you do?
5: Yeah. Except talk about the trail that we did and the
4: people. Yeah, we'll sit around and. You know, you know what's the weirdest thing is we have these flashbacks. We both talk about it. We'll just be sitting at work and all of a sudden something pops into our mind, like Laurel Falls or, or or Bird Shooter getting on the bus or just some event from the trail. And It's not like at other times other things pop into my mind like that. You
5: know, on first day it was on physical fitness. It was on, uh,
4: but what, every night on the trail we sat around with all our buddies, never watched television. We sat around and bullshitted.
5: Well, my favorite place to uh, call it quits at the end of the day would definitely be been my, my tent. The first couple of weeks I was I was I uh, started out, I, I definitely wanted to be in a shelter. I had my dog, so I had to sleep in the tent, and it just sort of bummed me out. After I had sent the dog home, then I started spending the nights in shelters and hated it. It was way too crowded, there had people snoring, and I mean so I did that for a little while and then I just eventually I fell in love with my tent and I uh, wanted to spend every, every waking minute pretty much <laughs> hidden in there
6: best trail experience well it had to be the final climb my, up Mount Katahdin it was just so exorbitantly beautiful that day I hit our class one day everything was super clear and the hike the climb to me didn't appear to be that hard I got up relatively quick and uh... it was just fantastic i could see hundreds and hundreds of miles out from the peak it was so high and just unobstructed from everywhere
5: any I mean, if anyone's going to hike with their dog you know more power to them i think it's a great you know as i said it's a, they're great companions they're wonderful hiking partners uh... they don't talk back and they'll do whatever you want you know they'll go whatever distance you want to go um, there's really no compromises to be made, but you really do have to be—they uh, have to be a priority, a number one concern. You have to make sure that you, the dog gets water before you get water, you know. Um, so there's just there's a lot of other responsibilities that you need to take seriously if you're going to consider doing it with your dog. Is a
0: typical typical thru hiker.
6: Uh, just, well, from the beginning, a lot of pain in the middle, uh, really dedicated, just going for it. They finished with the pain and saw the end in sight, and up towards Catan, just ecstatic, just amazing. Ecstatic with some sadness, because they all knew they were close, they wanted to finish the trail, and then again, they didn't want it to be over, they wished it could continue.
7: I like shelters. Um, I was a shelter hound all the way. I carried a tent the entire way, but I would prefer to sleep in a shelter uh, any any day. Um, Simply because getting out of camp in the morning was easier for me. The mice never bothered me. Um, Sleeping with people uh, squenched up beside me or people snoring never bothered me. Um, It was just a lot easier for me. I liked
6: it a lot. First thing I would say to the hiker that wants to start out is just do parts of the trail. Get used to some of it. Do a weekend hike. Do a week if you can. That's the only way you can prepare. Uh, All the exercising and all the other stuff you want to do at home is good, but it just doesn't compare to going up and down the hills that you're going to experience. It's much tougher than you think starting out, but also it's something you should do because as good as you think it's going to be, it's ten times better. The outdoor experience camping is fantastic, but the people you meet along the trail puts it over the edge and just makes it great. Uh,
9: that's what I learned, that really there's nothing that can stop you in life because you're always, you know that no matter what the situation is, you can handle it. If it's rain, snow, intense heat, you know, you, you're going to live, you're going to make through it. and You know, if nothing else, you just take away an extraordinary amount of self-confidence. And uh, I can't see anybody who have hiked the trail that could say that it wasn't a confidence booster.
7: Something, I think, being from Virginia and having so much of the trail run through there, just uh, going hiking, you know, on weekend trips up in the Shenandoah National Park and seeing that Appalachian Trail and knowing that that thing runs all the way from Georgia to Maine, you know, and I'm standing on a mile stretch of, of what continues all the way, you know, as far south to Georgia and as, as far north as uh, Maine. It was just unbelievable to me, and I always was ta- I would talk, you know, well, someday I'd like to do this. You know, someday the the AT, you know, I'd like to do it, and I, I was young. I never thought that I'd really ever do it. And then, you know, I just, I was so intrigued by it, I would go and buy books on it from the local outfitter. Before I worked as an outfitter, I would go and, and buy books, and I would just read about it and say, hey, you know, I could do this. And I think it just, it, you know, the years went by, and I I became more and more, I got to a point where I, I thought I could do it. And I did so much hiking, and I ran into through hikers, and I hiked with through hikers so much. And finally, I I ran into a couple of hikers in the Shenandoah and spent the night with them, and I was saying, you know, I really, really want to through hike someday, and I was I just kept you know, quizzing them on, on information and what they could help me out with. And they said, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in debt and I have a car payment and I really don't think I can do it. And they're like, sell it off, do it. It's worth it. It's, it's worth it. It's that great of a trip. And I think uh, I'd planned at that point to do it 95. And I think I went home from that trip. I talked to my girlfriend about it. I, I think I decided right then and there that I was going to do it next year. There was, there's no reason to wait. I mean, it was just another year uh, wasting, and I think that um, I, I think I made the right choice. Doing it in ninety four was the right year for me.
3: The number of people that begin the trail as opposed to people that finish it, I think a lot of people really don't know. I know I I had done a lot of backpacking, so I had an idea what I was in for. But a lot of people just don't understand what what long distance backpacking requires, and it's not the physical aspect as much as it is the mental outlook because when you when you're hiking for a weekend you know you you've worked all week or something and you're you're ready for that break you're ready to get out in the outdoors and by sunday you like you don't really want to go back home and go back to work you know but you go home and you you get back and you get the hot shower you get the hot meal where when you're on the trail five or six days you don't have those things and you really have to become accustomed to doing without the luxuries of life and you think they don't matter but they do when you wake up and want that shower you want that shower when you get tired when like me i'm a coffee lover by about the fourth morning, you were sick and tired of that instant coffee you're making. And I think um, physically, I didn't have a lot of problems. I had some minor problems, but it's nothing that I couldn't overcome. But mentally, that's where I think people run into the problems. It just wasn't what they thought. They thought they could back- backpacking, like when you go out for a weekend, would be great. I'd love to do this for six months. And what happens is that after, say, three or four weeks or even two months, they're, just, they're not enthusiastic about it anymore. Can you well see like we,
4: we've been working though, yeah. we've been working. You have been you've been making good money and you've been living a certain lifestyle, so it's like, I mean we we spent. I'm not gonna say how much we spent, but I'm sure that we spent.
0: <laughs> it wasn't two thousand dollars.
4: No no no, it wasn't like Mad Markham thirty eight cents a mile or thirteen cents a mile or whatever it was, you know. So if he could walk twenty six miles two days in a row, he could buy a candy bar at the store, you know. <laughs> yeah right. But see, the people though that were on a tight budget, they had as much fun, you know. They just, they, they didn't eat at that, what was that restaurant we ate at in Manchester Center? We had a big old steak, and it was about 80 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah.
8: Um, when I hiked Katahdin, I felt kind of empty, like uh, I was trying to deny that it was over, and... I was really sad, but at the same time, I was happy because I knew it was time to end. You know, it was just the right time.
0: Well, that wraps up the thru-hiker interviews at Trail Days in 1995. Hopefully, that's inspired you to get out on the AT or on some other hiking trail in the future. And Speaking of that, you might recall the Worldwide Wanderer from Episode 35 and Episode 7. I uh, dropped him off at Springer Mountain last weekend. Uh, he is currently through hiking the Appalachian Trail. And Episode 7, by the way, is no longer available through iTunes and Stitcher. But you can visit n to stream this and all episodes for free. Uh, or you can support the show with a $10 donation and get off-the-grid access uh, and downloads of Episodes 1 through 10 for your mobile or desktop devices. But back to Worldwide Wander. He's closing in on the North Carolina border now. I hope to see him at Trail Days this year or have a chance to speak with him in another episode. So until then. Thank you for listening to the Into 2 Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also download shows directly from IntoBackpacking.com. 2 backpackingcom Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music for this show is provided by Jerris under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. This show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number 2, backpacking.com.